You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Friday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic and guest of today. In the next twenty minutes or so, we've got a real treat. We're catching up with Sue Marguerite, who's an American living in Hong Kong who teaches Cantonese on YouTube. Now, for those of you who may be familiar or who have not yet been to her YouTube channel, it's fantastic. Cantonese Corner is really a great place for those of you who want to pick up Cantonese and get serious about this language that surrounds us every single day. Welcome to the program, Sue. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for having me here, Noreen. <laughs> oh, I feel so starstruck. It's like <laughs> I was watching you on YouTube this morning and now here you are. <laughs> it's completely my pleasure to be here. <laughs> we are live uh, this afternoon on Facebook as well. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear Sue there as well. So perhaps let's let our audience get to know you a little bit better. So you've been in Hong Kong for 33 years. <laughs> Tell us a bit about yourself. Well, even hearing that number is just mind-blowing because time goes so quickly. I remember before it was like, before I had been here seven years, and it was like, oh, seven years is such a long time. And now it's almost unbelievable. But I did first come to Hong Kong in 1988. And the reason I came here was because I had girlfriends at university in the U.S. who were from here. And after we graduated, I didn't... You know, you, I, I didn't really want to stay in the U.S. because I just figured you get the car, the job, and that's where you're going to stay. And I knew I wanted to kind of explore. And I didn't want to get stuck. So instead, I came to Hong Kong and All the way got stuck across here. The world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I pretty much did the <laughs> kind of got stuck here because I really haven't. We travel around and things like that, but I've stayed here mm-hmm, since then. What was your first impression of Hong Kong? Did you know anything about Hong Kong before? I did. I mean, my girlfriends from here were um, were a great resource because they were always speaking Cantonese at school, and it would be really frustrating. But in hindsight, it was such a blessing because I, like a baby, I always say I'd gotten used to hearing it, so I was very familiar with the rhythms and everything. And um, they would, in, you know, play music, and it wasn't intentional. They weren't like teaching me, but um, I, I did. That was pretty much my background before I came here. But yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, delve right into it. Uh, how did you learn Cantonese? And, you know, is it? Uh, we've often heard that Cantonese is a really difficult language to pick up as a second language. What were your sort of uh, impressions of it? It, um, I just remember thinking it was unbelievable. The first, my first real exposure to it, because we're talking Midwest United States, so <laughs> in the 1980s. So there wasn't a lot of, there's no internet, of course, nothing. So I remember I was in my dorm room and I heard this incredible, um, my friend Gail speaking, and it was just, just so fast and furious and laughing. And of course, fast she's talking. Fast and furious. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it was like, what? Who is that, first of all? So we became really good friends. And, um, and my impression when I first got here, to be honest, was that, wow, this is, I loved it. Yeah, it was just, and I loved it too. I remember my, my first impression was that it was so, well, quote unquote, like normal. There was a, because when you're in school, you, you see just students. Yes. And for the most part, they've come from across the world. And now it's a lot more common, you know, to, to be doing that. But they're very studious. They're very, you know, they study very hard. Um, and that's one reason why we became friends. So you had that idea of, of what um, Chinese and Hong Kong would be like, and then you get here and you find that it's just this fabulous place of energy, and it, yeah, it was just wonderful. Yeah, did you expect to stay here for so long? Mm, no. <laughs> 
then get stuck here. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Mm. Yeah. And and here you are. Um, mm. For some of our listeners who are wondering, um, after after the interview, do head over to YouTube and check out Sue's wonderful YouTube channel at Cantonese Corner. So let's talk about sort of how did you begin to learn Cantonese once you got here? What were some of the great resources that you had to learn this seemingly difficult language to pick up? Right. Well, um, at that time, there was, you didn't have, it was Cantonese. That, that was it, pretty much. And there were, the resources were books, and there were classes. And so I did, I had friends in that, but I, you know, they weren't really going to teach me. <laughs> Maybe I'm they'll sure, speak it and you'll just pick it up. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure, you know, everyone listening has friends that are like, you know, they should, you know, expecting maybe a bit more than they're willing to do because they're not really there to teach you. So I um, did go to a class and anyone who was around in the 80s would remember in the newspaper every day almost it was speak Cantonese in three months or speak Cantonese in six months. Wow. And it was the Hong Kong Bible Language Learning Institute. And initially I was like, a little bit kind of I didn't know what we were going to be learning there because it was the Bible Language Institute yeah. and then I thought I'm doing it I'm, I'm doing it I'm here I want to learn I'm doing it and it was just so phenomenal because the instruction was spot-on they it was to the point and people who know my YouTube channel know that I'm a huge fan of Yale the Yale system of the writing and that to me just clicked and it made so much sense and it was that really set but it was only like a short course yeah. And then from there, I just self-taught myself after that. So, Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> is Hong Kong an easy place to learn Cantonese? And the reason I ask is, and I think you addressed that in, mm. in your channel previously as well, is that people in Hong Kong, um, I don't know if impatient is the word, but you know, people are busy and that perhaps they're not going to sit there to correct your Cantonese mm. or yeah, myself included. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they're just so busy. And sometimes it's, it's almost easier when I speak in Cantonese and then they speak English to me. And I'm surprised about that. <laughs> Right, exactly. I think there's a big barrier to overcome initially when you're out and about and trying to use it because first of all, you're nervous and, and self-conscious and you're afraid you'll say the wrong thing. So I tend to say that set and, and you have to overcome that barrier that when they look at you, when they look at me, they're not expecting anything. But I'm sure we've all had the experience where they'll like turn around and get the one person in the shop, <laughs> like the one person in the shop that's going to be speaking English. And I, I always say that if you can set the stage and just say like, guy, or just really direct, loud, you know, guy, and that will set the stage that it changes their mind a little bit. But you're so right. It's like Hong Kong so fast and and furious. I furious, know yeah. <laughs> I don't know, impatient, but yes. it's very practical. I always tell that's right. Yeah, yes. very practical. And they're like, they just would rather get the job done or get the transaction if you're in a shop or something done than then spends time like chit chatting and yeah. Although if you do set that stage and you're like, and then they're then it's just a completely like, different ball game. And they're mm -hmm. let's mm -hmm. talk about that. What what mm -hmm. sorts of reactions have you had over the years whenever you speak Cantonese? Um, you know, in shops or in restaurants, does it vary or, or is it generally quite a positive? Ex I mean, yeah. What sorts of reactions have you received? Yeah, it is um, for the most part. I'd say ninety-nine point nine percent very positive. They're just very, um, and especially more and more lately, yes. it's been very, very almost effusive, kind of very happy and um, and willing to to speak a bit more and shock and and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, I guess it depends on people's attitude during the day. Because I do remember I was kind of hamming and hawing over this thing. And this guy was basically just like, just get out of here if you're not going to buy something. And so I guess it depends on. Yeah. Mm. And does it also depend on your mood? Do you ever feel like, you know what, I'm just going to speak in English. It's just easier. So it doesn't. Uh, and the reason I ask is because on a busy day, people mm-hmm. might be curious. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure curiosity plays a big part. Wow. Look at this lady. She's fluent in Cantonese. So, I mean, what sorts of questions have you had from them? Um, really just not really questions almost. Um, just kind of very happy to uh just be chatting in Cantonese about whatever we're doing, yeah. I guess. Um, they, all, they usually ask, like, how long have you been here kind of thing. And so I'll, I'll say that. Or I'll just offer the fact. Or, wow, you know, your Cantonese is so good. It's like, well, I've been here a really long time. You know, and then they'll be like, that doesn't matter. And I'm like... I- I know it doesn't really matter, but I've been here a really long time. So, I- uh, But I agree with you. I mean, I certainly know people who have been here for a very long time who just, mm. you know, don't necessarily pick it up. I mean, mm. what was a big sort of motivating factor for you to to learn Cantonese? You, you, um. you seem to be a people person. Yes, is it yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It was like I knew if I wanted to meet more people. Because after, so my girlfriend was here and I came over and then she immediately left Hong Kong. Not immediately. I think about a year later, she um, emigrated to Australia. And so then I was I wasn't really on my own because by that time I had a job and I'd met people and things but it most definitely was wanting to connect with people and as well I wasn't brought over like on an expat package so my community wasn't already formed so I didn't automatically wasn't brought over by a job and then I had the job and I I had to find your own connections basically yes yeah and um and and get kicked out of Hong Kong before I <laughs> I actually yeah it wasn't in the early days you can't see me my mask is here but my jaw kind of you got kicked <laughs> uh-huh. out of Hong Kong well I was told that I because in those days Americans had one month oh so really? I would yeah so I would go to Macau every month and come back and get another month <sighs> and in the meantime I was looking for a job yes. which as we all know you're tech okay this is a long long time ago so but anyway it was basically I was told that if you don't sort yourself out you are going to have to leave and I actually got my visa to stay two weeks before I had to leave and so I actually did leave for a few months and then I came back and then ever since then it's been I've been here yeah (laughs) there's one thing about learning Cantonese but now you're a teacher I see so many comments and people's And people look up to you, become a, a role model on YouTube. People are so inspired by your own journey. What mm-hmm. sort of made you want to start your own channel to help other people learn Cantonese? Which, by the way, is not just people living in Hong Kong. Your fan base is sort of across the globe. Yeah, it's it's amazing, actually. And it's an easy question to answer because it was all because of a very good friend of mine at work. And she was taking classes outside and she said, can you teach me I don't really I don't get it I'm not picking it up as fast as I'd like to and I was like jaw to the floor like why (laughs) why would you ask me I can't I don't I don't it was literally like that I was just coming up with all these excuses and she said no because you've learned it you know how to explain it and I thought about it I thought yeah I probably do so we met for lunch a few times and of course because we worked together and we had so many other things to talk about we never really did anything about Cantonese and I was kind of self-conscious and I didn't really know what I was doing and so she said put it on YouTube and then you'll see my first videos are like hi (laughs) I'm here to help my friend and anybody else that wants to learn (laughs) and then it grew from there and I, I found I really really enjoy it 
and I enjoy the community that we have with a lot of the native speakers who yeah. will contribute because I certainly don't know. I'm the first to say I, I didn't really study Cantonese. I didn't really study, you know what I mean? So I, I did, but mm. you also learned it in a way that makes you being in the best position to explain to other people because when you're sort of brought up with the language, a lot of times they're like, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, <laughs> that's the way it is. <laughs> that's the way, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. so what sorts of reactions have you had um, around the world? Do they enjoy the way you, you teach Cantonese and, and sort of the examples you give? And your accent is phenomenal. I mean, that's one thing that's difficult to nail it's that sort of um i don't know how to explain the 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 the, the different tones of Cantonese. it kind of goes right. ups and up and down mm-hmm. um and and you, you yeah your, yours is amazing how, how did you learn it so well um i would have to say just by doing it because yes. it's so everybody has the desire to want to do it um, I was lucky that I had the environment to do it because, as I mentioned, I wasn't I wasn't tied to a company contract or a certain um, a job that you know in Hong Kong people work very hard and so I totally get where if you're if you've got a different environment it's more difficult to overcome that. Yeah. I basically was working locally, local job, uh, local everything, and so I just did it and I found that the confidence grew the more I did it. Because I'll still remember walking into a shop in the early days and I was trying to just order rice and the rice is there. It's just like, you know, the big, the big, oh, yeah. you know, it is there because it's one of those just takeaway shops. And they, they were like refusing to understand what I was saying. So I was saying like, fun, the right way, fun, fun, fun. And I was trying all different ways. And finally they're like, oh, you mean this? And they were laughing at me, of course. Oh. And just, and it was, but it was, um, the more you did that and the more you could kind of, um, yeah. And it's funny how, how you said they refuse to, to understand. And, and I see that, you know, I see <laughs> friends who sort of, you know, try their best to speak Cantonese. Mm-hmm. I understand what they're saying, but it's so funny how they, mm-hmm. um, when I say they, so I mean sometimes restaurant staff or whoever you're ordering from, they'll look at you in a certain way. They have that perception of you <laughs> and then they're just not really listening to what you're saying. And what you're saying is actually correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I find that really true. There are certain people that are willing to, um, and that's a real, that's a skill. I think maybe it's just innate or it's a skill that you pick up. But for any language, uh, yes. listening to to it not in the way you may expect to hear it, yeah. but that it's still correct. And, and, and I'm sure if they were on the telephone with you, not seeing your you know appearance, I'm sure they would understand what you, if you ordered online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Sue, you're also an author. I'd like to also oh. talk about your role uh, series of books. Tell us a little bit more about it. And did you bring any along to show our Facebook listeners? I as did. Well? I'll have to just slip yeah. away this way to, to reach it. But I did. And this actually has... When I first started talking about it on the channel was I realized that I was monetizing the channel, the YouTube channel with videos, but even I found it so annoying, especially the learning videos, to be constantly breaking in with that. And so I thought, well, why not talk about my book? Because it actually does, the more I thought about it, I thought it does, sorry for the noise, but it does have something to do with the how I approach learning Cantonese, and that is respect plays a big part in Absolutely. why I decided to learn because I felt if I was going to be here I should um, let me just do this quickly so the noise is over with 
But um, that's I sh- live radio, so our <laughs> listeners will know that Sue is live in the studio getting her books out. I prepared my other my Cantonese ones that um, that sadly a lot of these are out of print already. But this I don't know how to hold it. Oh, so can, amazing! So I'd love yeah. our listeners to check out Sue Marguerite's book. Uh, on, we're on Facebook right now, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio Three. Sue, if you can hold it in front of the mic, oh, yeah, oh. excellent. And I just. <laughs> And it's roll with it. Amazing. Tell us about the concept of the book and where did the idea come from? Sure. So this, um, it, oh boy, back in 2013, I think, going through a, a difficult time and I just, I really don't know what sparked it, but I just kept thinking if you roll with it, just maybe Oasis had that song out at the time. I mean, honestly, <laughs> there's a song by Oasis called Roll With It. And I just made me think like, just respect, just keep the respect there for yourself, for other people. And so that's what the R stands for is respect, keeping an open mind, listening and learning. So it does really reflect on how I approached, I it. yeah, the respect that I had for, for Hong Kong people and for Hong Kong and the responsibility I felt towards learning and keeping that open mind and yeah (laughs) what was your journey like because had you written any books before so what was the Mm -hmm. editing process like did you have a a a writer's circle that you got feedback I mean what was that process like for you yes there is a the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators the, the Hong Kong chapter is phenomenal there's some really great great people involved in that that are uh more prolific than I am and have have you know had more um, so I've learned a lot from them. And and I wanted to say something, too, about the Cantonese. I couldn't do my Cantonese had it not been for the people before me that had that had done the books and done the work and had, had worked out the system, like the Yale system yeah. and the Yuping, which... Yeah. <laughs> and the Yuping system. But I am... Um, and in particular... You put a book with you, yes. Yeah, and I, I wanted to mention this one because I'm, I caught the comment. I haven't replied yet on the channel, but... Um, the lady who wrote this, she was at uh, Chinese University. This was a Bible for me. And I don't know if it's still in print, and it's a real shame if it's not, but it's the right word in Cantonese. And um, Quan Choi Wa. I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly because I'm looking at the English one. But this was such a great resource. And her son reached out to me in the comments. And I've yet to reply, but I'm going to because I was like, oh my oh gosh, my that gosh. was so amazing. I was like, wow, because I have your mom's book. I know. I was like, this, it was, it was so useful. And I think that um, in learning Cantonese, another thing I wanted to be sure to share was that I almost find now there's so much out there to learn. There's like two different ways. Mm. Back in my day, there was only the, Yale system. Yale system. Uh, I take that back. There was Sydney Lau and some okay. other ones, but Yale was the big one that RTHK was even using with Chinese University, and and then Yuping came along later. Mm-hmm. So now I almost find that there's so much out there, and a lot of it's free. So you just, as my YouTube channel is like you know free as well. So that's a good thing, but it's almost overwhelming to yeah. find out what's going to work for you. And so I don't know where I'm going with that, but that's yeah, no. <laughs> I want to go back to something that you mentioned just mm. now as well. So it's just finding that confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are people listening right now who you know may know a bit of Cantonese and want to use it. I mean, right. how do you find the courage to just just use it? Because I think there's that fear of getting laughed at or not being in, a, in the correct environment. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know where right. I'm going with this, but you know, I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I think the first is overcoming, like going in in public. I'm not talking like with friends and things, but if you're testing it out in in public, is to do that. Golly, like for example, whenever I get on a bus, minibus, 
on or off it, yeah. I will say mgai or mgai sai to the driver. And just um, that's something you can do to get that confidence if you're really just beginning. Yeah. You know, just say that out loud to nobody. Well, to the driver, yeah. of course, you know, but just, you know, mgai, mgai sai. And then um, even in a shop to set that stage. Another thing that I used to do is go into like parking shop. Yes. And this could be a completely fake scenario but i would be like where's the peanut butter and then listen to what they told me and then try to you know like oh you know it's over there or, or turn there or it's down here um sometimes they'll just take you because they'll figure like you don't understand them you know but if you ask if you have one sentence that you can say really well correct intonation and you're asking a question they just have to answer and all you have to say an answer is guy or whatever yeah. then you you're they're teaching you without even realizing it yeah. so Sue, it's been such a pleasure to meet you and to chat with you this afternoon. Can you remind our listeners, where can we find out more about uh, your uh, Roll uh, series book, Roll Thank With you. It? How can we buy it? It's uh, justroll.co uh, is the website that takes you to the Amazon page. But I am in talks now to have it in local bookshops as well. So, fingers crossed yeah, for yeah, that. Fingers crossed for yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, how can we find out more about your YouTube channel and are you on social media? Yes, I am. It's at Cantonese Corner, and I apologize to everybody. I, I, I need to be posting more on my on my Instagram and my Facebook. They're kind of linked, mm. and that's at Cantonese Corner. And then Cantolingo as well, which I'm still working on building the lessons there. So Amazing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sue, such a pleasure to meet you and to chat with you, and I hope this inspires a lot of our listeners uh, to, to really learn Cantonese, which you know, it can be very tricky. And like you said, you know, you, were, you had a, the environment mm. and the people around you but for those of you who may not you can create those sorts of opportunities and rachel on the facebook page says thanks this is very interesting well thank you very much rachel for your comment and thank you very much indeed for your time this afternoon thank you sue thank you so much